Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 877-881-1053. That is the Autoflex Leasing Fan Text. And we'd like to steer the conversation right now to whatever we feel like this Cowboys offensive identity is morphing into, if indeed it is changing at all. You look down at the stats yesterday, and we talked about it. Statistically speaking, it was... Dak's worst game of the season, but that's just because he had been damn near perfect. He continued his perfection in the third quarter, still has not had an incomplete pass in the third quarter. It's been really great. The Cowboys, opposite of last year, are coming out of halftime, firing on all offensive cylinders. But just in glancing down, and I heard Brad Champ say this after the game because I was in the car driving around during postgame yesterday, with Ezekiel Elliott at 125 yards on 19 carries, and Pollard at 103 yards on 13 carries. The story of the day will be two running backs with 100 yards for the first time since Warren and Emmett did it back a jillion years ago. And we've talked about this team being a running team. But man, the Cowboys are throwing the ball down the field a bunch. And I don't know how you feel, Ben, but I don't know that I'm just comfortable straight up saying the identity of this team is as a run team. I mean, I still feel like they want to run the ball but I feel like their identity is more morphing into something more akin to what the Rams try to do with their running game and their passing game. Just a more explosive yet balanced style of offense. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, it's it's a balanced attack. And if you're going to be balanced, then that doesn't just mean run-pass balance. That means taking shots down the field as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I think what's happening is the identity of this team is uh, has evolved to a degree to where it's now Dak has a more prominent role. Kellen Moore is getting the most out of all of this. He's the mad scientist behind it all. But none of it happens without the offensive line. You know, I think the offensive line all along has been this team's identity, as as you've pointed out a long time, Skin. It's like find something, do it extremely well, uh, fully invest in that one area of the game, and then lean on it, make it your identity. I think they had done that, and then because Lenahan was so bad at his job – that they were stuck in quicksand and they couldn't get out of their own way. Well, now it's like you've taken the governor off the engine and Dak has taken that next step forward as KT predicted he would in year four, the work he put in with Kitna in the offseason on his mechanics. Um, and now I feel like you know this isn't a team that's trying to win 20 to 17 or 17 14 or 13 to 10 this is a team that's like hey man we're, we're not ever going to take our foot off the accelerator we're going to try to murder you and every time Dak drops back he's going to have a lot of time in a pocket and he's going to be able to go through his prog- progressions it's not, there's going to be a guy short there's going to be a guy medium and there's going to be a guy deep and whichever guy is open no matter who he is or what he gets paid that guy's going to get the ball. Yeah, uh, you broke it down well there, and I think there's people that can, like film heads, that can articulate this way better than I could, but one of the things I've noticed in these first three games, obviously against inferior opponents, but when you watch plays at the early part of the game and you see what happens, you're also seeing the other options on that play. And it, the, the best example I could give you is early in the game, it was one of those little RPOs, and 
uh, you know, Zeke went picked up a, it was like third and short running to the left side of yeah. the field, and you saw Witten running out, and it's the same play earlier in the year where Witten scored a touchdown, and you're watching that going, man, Dak can keep that and pick up the first down. And then later in the game, Dak scored the touchdown on the exact same play. And it's like one of those things where you're watching it going, read what's happening and you're going to have a successful play. And it reminds me of what we talked about last year with the Rams. The Rams do the same stuff. They just dress it differently early on. So you get the defensive players thinking about certain things. They can't sit on options and they have to commit a lot earlier. And and once they commit then it's up to Dak to make the read and make the right decision. I think all of us are universally feeling like Dak is growing into the guy that's going to more often than not make that right decision. I think there's a play that happened in the Washington game last week, and I think we all agree Ryan Kerrigan's one of the more savvy defenders in the league. Been you know, around a long time. Good, smart player. And it led to a run where Zeke got 15 yards because Dak was holding the ball, and Kerrigan chose Dak instead of Zeke, yeah. and Zeke got 15 yards. The play yesterday it was third and two, and they had three wide receivers to the right, okay? Uh, so they're spreading out that way, and then they went option left, pitched it to Zeke, okay? And he only got like four or five yards, but they got the first down. And I went at third and two in years past, uh, and you let's say they were going to run it. What happens? You're going between the tackles. Tied and in, stuffed. right in the middle. Yep. They put receivers out here, spread it out, yep. went option yep. to the weak side, yep. and there wasn't, I mean, the matchup was there. And it was the same thing on that touchdown that when Dak ran it in, it's just, all those things are just signs that, A, there's changes in the offense, B, Dak's seeing all those things too. And that's a, I think that's the, the big thing. In year four, like we've hoped, things just look quicker for Dak. He's seeing it quicker. He talked about on the uh, interception, he talked about going through his project, uh, progressions three times because he had enough time to do it. Wow. And then he went and heat-checked it and threw it into triple coverage. It was an interception. So awesome. Uh, the Cowboys offense has scored 35 points, 31 points, and 31 points. This is exactly what Jesse Holly was predicting. Hmm. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for Jesse, and this is what he saw coming. He's like, dude, you've taken the governor off this thing. The Cowboys are going to try to score a ton of points now. It doesn't really matter, you know, uh, um, if you're going to put up that many points, and, and surely you want their, the defense to be a little bit better than it has been. But you're going to be able to beat anybody. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of credit to go around. Not one person deserves all the credit. But some people are doing their jobs at an exceptionally high level. One is Dak Prescott. One is Kellen Moore. One is the offensive line. And now it just looks like cake for the running game. Now the running game doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting and everything feeds off of the running game. The running game is just there to punch you in the face now. Yeah, It's like, oh, yeah, you're, uh, you know how you're worried about us beating you downfield because we got a badass quarterback throwing dimes 50 yards down the field? Well, we also have the best running back in, in the league. Oh, and by the way, he's got a guy now that can rush for 100 yards just when he's catching his breath. Okay, that's a great point too, Ben, because you don't have to use Zeke near as much. And we saw plays where Pollard came in on first and second and Zeke came back in on third, for example. So it wasn't just a matter of sw- swapping off drives or, or, or what have you. But that had that that comment in the game where Zeke was talking about catching more pass. He's like, I like picking up five yards, and not having to get beat up running through the line doing it. Yeah. And you know, if you as you've pointed out, Ben, if you're going to give this guy all this money, you better keep him for the long term. And now they're putting themselves in a position to do that as well. Preserve guys. To keep in mind, one of the best weapons this team has had this year in the first two games was Michael Gallup, and they didn't have him. This team has scored 31 points. What did you say? 31, 35? 35, 31, 31. Okay. And in all of those games, 
I mean, whatever the competition is, the Cowboys have gotten off to kind of slow starts. It's not like it's just been perfection and they're humming. Yeah. They've still put up all those points despite working out the kinks in a lot of right. regards. And it looks a little bit like the Chiefs. They're without Tyree Kill, no problem. They just find other guys. And then you have all these other people on their team stepping up. They're like, yeah, but he's a rookie, but he's a journeyman. But but still, it doesn't matter. The system works. The quarterback's making the right decisions, and he's got time to throw. Um, and I do want to say this about Zeke and Pollard. You know, Zeke's got his money now. He doesn't need to worry about anybody. And if anything, the Cowboys need to protect their investment by not making him you know, carry the bulk of everything from now on. But my favorite part about Pollard, who looked really explosive, yes. it's just a different dynamic when he was in the game, just exploding and getting a lot out of plays at the tail end. You looked like he was bottled up. And then, wow, he goes for another seven, eight yards. But my favorite part was on his touchdown, it was Zeke who ran over and picked him up off the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really cool. And he did uh, media uh, last night. Zeke's usually by himself, and he was with Pollard. I saw that. to the reporters. That's really cool. kind of cool. Yeah. You know? um, I, I wanted to make a, a note about the offense real quick. I saw this is, uh, in a piece in The Athletic today. So 470 yards in all three games, all right? Mm-hmm. At least 30 points in all three games. Three double-digit wins, mm-hmm. and also seven yards per play. So those are the four things right there. It's happened three times. You know how many times it's happened in franchise history? I'm going to guess five. Before this year. 40 years of franchise history, 650 games right around there. It's only happened four times in franchise history. It's happened three times this year. It's a different era, baby. It is a different wow. era. Those are four specific <laughs> yeah, criteria that I, the I gave The one that you. stands out, KT, because if you're doing this seven yards per play, if you're doing that, you are rolling it up. Double-digit victories, too. I mean, yeah. I know everyone's going to say you haven't played anyone, but in Doesn't this matter. NFL, man, you don't you don't just beat people by 10 very often. Yeah. That's what the, the broadest note from Friday, that Garrett has, I believe, 12 blowout victories and double-digit, you know, 12 double-digit victories, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, geez, I, that's, that's not very many. He's been here a long time. It just doesn't happen. He's got a quarter of them already this I year. I don't want to like in any way disrespect the Eagles. I think we all have a healthy fear of the Eagles. They're going through health problems right now. But if you look at what's happened with them and you look at that Redskins game, so think about those numbers that have happened in all three games. Man, I watched that Philadelphia Redskins game. Philly won half of that game. The other half, they got their tail kicked. You know, you can they're sit, beatable. They're, you can sit here and say all you want about, well, it's the caliber of opponent. Dude, they... Those guys were throwing the ball downfield yesterday. They had onside kicks. Those guys were trying to win that game. They're just not good enough. So this I, this expectation that grown men should just destroy other grown men every time upon expectation, that's not the way it works. And it's also easy with your just your human nature to lower your own approach to the game because of the, the lack of respect for the opponent. The bottom line is they beat them 31 to 6. Like, what the hell do people want? We are embarking on an incredible adventure. This is the beginning of something very, very special. And you could say, oh, no, it's been coming for a while, whatever. They're true contenders this year. Yep. They are going to be contenders the next year and the year after that, and maybe that next year. And then after that, it just depends on health and how they run their cabin. It depends on health every year. Sure. But they are set up right now. They are legitimate contenders in the NFL. They could win a Super Bowl this year. Not every team can say that. Not every team in the league can say, yeah, we could probably win one this year. I Probably two-thirds of the team are like, ah, oh, I don't, nah, probably not our year. But next year, maybe if this and this. I mean, they're, they're, they're set up. This is going to be awesome. And uh, it just feels like the beginning of something really, really special. 
Now we're old enough to have gone through this before. <laughs> Some Cowboy fans have never seen them be good a good team. Oh. I mean, it's like so the '90s. We, you know, we got to go on that ride. Hell, we got to experience a little bit of it at the end of the '70s. But this is this is what that feels like. This is what it felt like before they had a dynasty in the '90s. I'm not saying they're going to have a dynasty. There's a salary cap now, but this is as good as they've been in a long, long time. They've got tons of depth, and they're young, and they're set up to be good for the next three or four years. This has been so. We've been so focused on the Cowboys and their lack of success in the last couple decades. I did not realize this was the case until they said it on the broadcast yesterday that the Dolphins have not won a playoff game in the 2000s. Right. And I'm sitting here going, God, I thought the Cowboys were the standard bearer of ineptitude in the, you know, in the parody era, but, but they're not. And then you look at the Dolphins, they're stripping it down and rebuilding again. The Cowboys have put it right there. So now at this point, it's about health. And it's about getting in those important games in the playoffs and executing. And the one thing I just like to remind everybody is that very few quarterbacks going into their fourth year have the playoff experience that Dak has had. He's already lost two games. He's already won one game. So Dak has seen it. He's seen it unfold. And he's still a relatively young guy. He's hitting his peak. All of these things are coming together at the right time. And I, I just hate when people say, well, they haven't played anyone yet, man. The Cowboys aren't in charge of making the schedule, okay? Like, you know, this is this, this is where the game's on their schedule, and they went and dominated every game f- for most of the game, mm-hmm. you know? And there's still slow starts and things like that. But, you know, that's my least favorite argument is when someone comes in and says, well, they haven't played anyone yet. Well, dude, they didn't have the Saints in week one. I, yeah. I, don't, know what you, I don't know what you want. They, they have they them went, next week. And they took care of the teams on their schedule. Right. We'll learn a lot more about them in the next two weeks. Next two weeks are huge. A&M. This buzz feels very much like, have you, seen their you know, 2014 when it got going. Going into 2015 before Romo got hurt. 2016 after beating Pittsburgh. It, it feels very much like that if not even a little more, because this is the best roster they've had in a long time. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be so much fun for our station, all of our shows, all of our listeners, Cowboy fans. This is why you've been loyal for all those years, and all your friends all over the league who are fans of other teams have made fun of you and told you how bad your team sucks, when's the last time you won, and you've always had to compare how many rings you have to their organization, and you shut that down. It's back. It's back to being the glory days, and it's just the tip of the iceberg. It's just the beginning, and man, it feels awesome. I've actually decided. I've already, you know, as you guys know, I'm on a lot of committees, and I've already mm-hmm. kind of planned it out. And uh, the parade route this year is going to be I-30. It's going to be a long parade. We're going to shut down all of I-30. Shout out to okay, Tom Landry gonna go. We're yeah. going to we're going to start it. Uh, we're going to start at Fair Park. We start at the Cotton Bowl. I would say we get on thirty. We're going to take it all the way down to the stockyards. We build a whole new infrastructure for parades, oh, just because there's going to be so many parades. What, what about a bullet train parade? Oh, just just have just, a bunch of quick parades over yeah, and over. Because uh, eventually, year three, year four in a row, people are going to be taking it for granted. It's yeah. going to be time to oppo rebuild. To all go right. ahead. And, I'm just going to yeah. I'm just going to not follow sports anymore because <laughs> I've accomplished everything there is to accomplish in sports. Speaking of celebrating, oh, nobody this guy now. Nobody parties like Mickey Spagnola. We'll bring him on next and get the latest on injuries right here on the fan.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us now, thanks to Ford. Ford is the best in Texas. A guy who is a huge Weezer fan is the great Mickey Spagnola. Mickey, how you doing, brother? Am I a, am I the 10th caller? Uh, yep, you're the 10th caller. You win. And uh, uh, Now, Weezer is not an asthma seminar. It's uh, it's I actually know. a band. I've heard of it. Okay. I don't think I've heard them, but I heard of them. How about that? There you go. That'll work. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about uh, the Cowboys and the training room. How they got out of this thing? Uh, did they were they able to avoid any substantial injuries? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think they kind of got through it, and uh, I think maybe a little bit better news uh, going forward uh, for this next game. It looks like uh, Xavier Woods could be back in practice this week, and the same thing with Tavon Austin. So that would give two of their five guys that. Uh, would be, I, I guess, if you consider Tavon a starter returning punts, uh, two of the five that missed the game on Sunday, a good chance that they'll be back in practice. Now we'll see if they're uh, ready to play. I think Michael Gallup uh, will need another week. Maybe uh, he misses uh, two two games, maybe the third, but uh, somewhere, uh, maybe for Green Bay, he could he could be back. So uh, that's an encouraging news. I think Woods is still out and. Uh, and so we'll we'll see where it goes from there. And and the uh, Tyrone Crawford deal just kind of continues to be somewhat of a mystery on just when he'll get back. But that sort of got minimized. Uh, you guys would think, right? The way Robert Quinn played, uh, I thought he was awfully good in that game for playing uh, a game of football for the first time. Uh, well, since the end of last year, right? Because he missed all the preseason games and missed the month of training camp. Uh, in the first two weeks of the season. So uh, I thought that was, uh, boy, that sure looks like a good move if he can continue to play the way he did in that first appearance. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like where I would like to go here is what is is the feeling that there was a breakthrough with the defensive line yesterday? Meaning from what the the improvement on the pressure just general? Yeah, I think so. I I, I think it was – uh, it, it was significantly better than it had been. Uh, now, again, I understand it was the Dolphins and, you know, all that, but they did get three sacks. They, uh, the defense had eight passes defense. Two of those were batted at the line of scrimmage by defensive linemen, and they had six quarterback hits. And, and I thought the other thing, maybe even more, and they don't uh, – I came up with this term today. They, they need to have a, a stat for the defensive guys, uh, menace because they were a menace to the guy in the pocket. You know, they didn't hit him, they, you know, they didn't sack him, but they moved Rosen off his mark quite a bit and had him moving around back there. And I thought they were pretty good at that. And then if you just consider the the entire defense the second half, they only gave up 67 yards. Uh, and, and 35 of them came on that last drive Miami had uh, that stalled out and, and then Cowboys took over and, and knelt. So... Yeah, I, I think any time you do that in a half, I don't care 
what team it is in the NFL. When you can hold them to 67 yards and a half, you did a pretty darn good job. All right, so if you go back in time, uh, if you can bring us a little perspective here, you go back to 1991, the Cowboys were 11-5, and five, lost in the divisional playoffs. Next year, won the Super Bowl. Next year, won the Super Bowl. Next year, lost the conference championship. Next year, won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This, um, By no means am I saying this team is going to go win even one right. Super Bowl. But it certainly does feel like the beginning of something very special. And it certainly does feel like somewhere back 91, 92 – at least for us on this show. So does this remind you in any way of the beginning of a magical ride, much like that was? Yeah, I I think so. I I think that they are headed uh, in the right direction. And, you know, it started started last year, that second half, when they went 7-1. It was like, okay, they've got something going here. And then you add to it, right? You add Randall Randall Cobb, Michael Gallup. Uh, grows up a little. Dak continues to grow. Uh, your tight ends are, are better. Uh, you add to you know the defense. I, I thought the defense was so young last year and young in experience, but now I, they're still kind of relatively young, but they they're more experienced. And yeah, I think they got something going. And you add Quinn in there the way the way he's playing. Uh, I, I think all that, you know, it certainly makes a difference. You know, Antoine Woods wasn't in the game, but when he gets back, you know, he's he's not a first-year or whatever he was they called last. I think it was a first-year player last year. It was almost like he was a rookie. Uh, so, and you get a healthy Malik Collins and, and – and you add Quinn, and yeah, I think I think that they are moving in the right direction. To you know, and the, and the way it's put together uh, is what I like, especially offensively, because uh, you know it, it. I mean, they just proved it again. Okay, you're going to have trouble throwing the ball a little bit. Well, we'll just hand it off, and now you got two guys to hand it off to, and they run for 235 yards. Um, that that's pretty darn good. So you 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 want to you know ignore the run and and try to play back to make sure those big chunk plays aren't occurring in the passing game. Well, they'll take advantage of you running the ball. So when you got those two things working on offense, uh, you can be pretty darn good. Now sometimes it takes some time. Sometimes you step on your own two feet uh, with penalties and. Uh, you know, a, a bad interception. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to want chunk plays and you want to wing the ball downfield, you're going to have to accept uh, a bad decision every now and then. And you got that in the first half. So, uh, but in the end, they did what they needed to do. They won. They won by 25 points. They held them to six. You're 3-0, and and you're headed to New Orleans for a really good test uh, this coming Sunday. Awesome stuff, Mick. Appreciate it. Okay, sure thing. All right, there he goes, Mickey Spagnuolo. We'll get into uh, the Saints a little bit. Pretty uh, pretty interesting. Even without Drew Brees, they move the ball because Alvin Kamara is just such a special weapon. Yeah. You know, and the, I was wondering if the, the Saints might want to dabble in maybe someone who might get traded. Emmanuel Sanders had a quote from after another Denver loss that Denver is in a world of suck right now. Yes. And he would be just such an ideal uh, uh, player for, for New Orleans if they wanted I've, to go get some more firepower. Because right now they have it, it's there, but it, if you take Kamara away or, or neutralize him just a little bit, you still have Michael Thomas, but there was, there was a little bit of issues with their offense uh, just a little bit yesterday when they were trying to close out Seattle in the end of that game with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. But... It's pretty. It's pretty easy right now to take away. It's not easy to do, but like you can clearly identify 
how to stop New Orleans. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. So neutralize those guys as best as you can. Who's that other guy that they have that's going to beat you? Is, is it Jared Cook? Yeah, not really. So is there a uh, is there some other thing in pop culture entering a world of suck right now? Because I know. Kelvin yeah, Beecham had that same quote last week. Is that from some comic movie or something that I'm just not hip to? I think it's a thing now, man. Like did uh, I mean I wanted to give Kelvin Beecham cr- uh, credit for creating it, so is Sanders piggybacking off him a week later. Maybe maybe weren't they spreading. teammates? I feel like Pittsburgh? you've been saying that for a long time. A world of suck. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I lived in a world. You've of been suck. saying uh, it sucks to sure. suck. It does sure. suck to suck. It's your podcast about straws. <laughs> it's about disposable straws and how irate I am that we're trying to save the planet with hey, those things. Save the turtles. Yeah, All right. Uh, hey, I want to get into a couple numbers here for uh, with <laughs> Dallas Cowboys related numbers for you guys. I want to see if you guys can guess. Oh yeah. At thirty two point three points per game, what do you think the Cowboys' offense is in the league ranked? I, can, I think it's fourth. I think it's third. I think New England and Kansas City are both higher. Well, uh, my football guy in the show, Skin, is exactly right. Thanks, Kansas guys. City and the Patriots are both higher. Uh, the Ravens are job, leading Skin. the way at 36.7 points per game. The Cowboys at 32.3. Big 59-point week will skew uh, those things. Defensive side of things, uh, least points allowed per game. Where do you think the Cowboys' defense is? I bet they're in the top 10. I'm going to say they are sixth. Kevin? I'm going to say, and uh, please, uh, you know, my apologies, I have been focusing a lot on the NBA, getting ready for training camp. Sure, <laughs> sure. No, it's uh, fine. But I'm going to say they are 13th. All right. Well, you can suck it. You're both in a world of suck. The Cowboys <laughs> are, thank you, Shippy, uh, fourth right now. Anytime. Oh, and points. Only 14.7 wow. points per game. Where are right. they at on yards? You want to go yards? All right. That's Is that what you're... Uh, Kevin, uh, they're 13th in yards. That's what you were wondering earlier? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. They're actually 13th in yards. Kevin. I was going to say 14th. They're oh, well, 15th in yards mm, per game. Told you. So close. <laughs> right now. <laughs> he didn't tell me anything. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. didn't tell me a damn yeah. thing. Yeah. So, do you guys at this time have any legitimate concerns about things? I, the Cowboys? I, I am, I don't want to say concerned, but I am curious as to what this defensive line is going to do next week because I do think the injuries have caught up to them. Now, I'm very optimistic that in a game where he was not supposed to play a bunch, and that he was winded, that Quinn looked really, really good. Uh, so that's a great trend, but we you have to be concerned with what's happening in the middle of the defensive line. You have to at least be cognizant that it could be a thing. Yeah, it does appear that Jalen and, and Leighton Van Der Esch are, are getting blocked up a little more than maybe yeah. they have been in years past. So right. a little worried about that, but you know, you have Antoine Woods, you need to get him back. Saw a little bit from Tristan Hill yesterday. Guys, Not I've, enough to make you go, hey, Tristan Hill's here. But, you know, it's gonna, it's good to see him flash a couple times yesterday. I'm a, I'm yeah. a little concerned that I, I've just kind of put myself mentally into the frame of mind that we're not going to have the Tyrone Crawford that we've known and love. I don't know that that man's coming back this year. Right. Is, is How play, could he? Does he I play mean, 10 games this year? I don't know. But he's like it's – so it was an issue all offseason – and then it's already an issue now, and he just can't get away from the pain? Having barely played? I'll say this. The only person I've heard bring up surgery, and he was doing it on his own, was Mick. Okay? But, so, you know, hips, maybe it's a thing he can play through. He's planning to play this week. I mean, mm-hmm. it's Monday, obviously, but we'll see if he practices. I doubt he practices on Wednesday. But if he practices on Thursday, I think 
I think Tyron plays. I think I know, but I guess what I'm talking about is I'm talking about a compromised player and being compromised all year long. Yeah, oh yeah, you got that. You know, that's happening. That's uh, that's troubling because I think we expected a guy to be able to go out there and give you 40 really good defensive snaps a game, and then you bring in other guys and your your depth really works to your advantage. Well, now he's out of the mix and his consistency and productivity is out out of the mix. And now you're overextending guys that were going to play smaller roles. And now we're like, well, crap, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. We're enjoying good times in Cowboy land. And it's always, uh, it's like paired nicely with bad times in Philly. Here's another cut of uh, Angelo Gataldi uh-huh. in Philly. Uh, this is how they opened their show today. And they are certainly mired in suck. Sports Radio 94 WIP, our radio.com sports station. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WIP Morning Show. Notice we're not even playing any music today, Keith Jones, because yes. there's no reason to be in a musical mood this morning. No, there's this not. This is a time of crisis if you are a Philadelphia Eagles fan, because they are not starting the year at all the way we anticipated. I was actually thinking they'd be 3-0 at this point, and they <laughs> suffered a loss yesterday at Lincoln Financial Field that I promise you, will stick to us like a bug that you smacked on your arm. But what? I have a problem. <laughs> now, I got a what big problem. You work with me long enough to know this. Yeah. I, there's only one way I as a fan can get through this. <laughs> and it? that is to find people to blame. Well, good luck. Well, and to blame the hell out of them. Giggity. <laughs> nice. This is so awesome. He- I know what he was trying to say. It sounded like he said, I is a fan. Yeah. <laughs> ah. What does he do when his nose gets stopped ah, up? Right. Ah. <laughs> Pastrami sandwich. And I, I snorted it. I snorted the whole sandwich. It went right up my nostril. And they've, they're a bunch of bums. They're a bunch of bums. I got a lasagna flap. There's only one way I, as a fan, can get through this. It's like a flat noodle flake. It's in my neck. It's just a flap. I do get the idea that as he's talking, a piece of linguine falls out of his mouth, and he picks it up and then flosses a tooth with it. Just make make sure he gets the most out of that But I have a problem. Oh, my God, dude. Unbelievable. It's a Muppet voice. I I can't believe it. And people in Philly are like, Man, this is great radio. <laughs> Did you hear Cataldi? He was bringing it. Woo, he's holding them accountable. Man, did you hear that piece of lasagna stuck in his throat? I could have listened all morning. Hey, did you hear him do the bug analogy when a bug gets on? Think about how many times he's got a bugs on yam. And then you look, and the bug's still there. That guy is a genius. He was watching a game, and he thought it's a bug. That when you went outside and you smashed the bug, the bug's there. That guy's smart. Mama. (laughs) It really is family guy. Uh, I'm so glad I don't live in Philly, and I'm so glad that that entire dumpster is on fire right now. It just makes a Cowboy Victory Monday that much better. Coming up next, we'll get to the latest Antonio Brown news. Also, Jalen Ramsey. Calling into work sick. Then we got Sham Goes Ham and Around the NFL all coming your way in the Ben and Skin Show 105.3 The Fan. Thanks, KT. Sad news coming down today that uh, ex-NBA player, big three-star Andre Emmett was killed last night in Dallas. Uh, the 35th pick in the 2004 draft after playing at Texas Tech. 
played for the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, and I guess he played for the Nets during his career in the NBA. And a uh, really, really, really sad story. And I, you know, I was sitting here just during the commercial break, and I saw a tweet from the Dallas Police Department. Dallas Police are asking that anyone with information regarding this incident contact Detective Sayers with the Dallas Police Department Homicide Unit at 214-671-3647 or scott.sayers at dallascityhole.com. And there's a case reference there. I retweeted it. And if you go on, you click the link, it says this is a, a homicide investigation. And it says last night at, a, at approximately 2.30 a.m., Andre Emmett, 37-year-old male, was approached by two unknown suspects as he sat in a vehicle in front of his residence. This is at the 800, 1800 block of North Prairie Avenue. I pulled this up on a map, and this is essentially Ross Avenue and Fitzhugh, roughly. Not uh, far from the station. Yep. Uh, the Dallas Can Academy, Jimmy's Food Store, lots of different things over there, not too far from here. Um, so, yeah, not not far at all. And what it says is that uh, the suspects displayed a handgun and an altercation ensued, during which the victim was shot as he ran away from the suspects. Mm. Uh, he was located by a passerby who called 911 several hundred feet from his residence. Uh, truly, truly sad. Crime Stoppers will pay up to $5,000 for information called into Crime Stoppers that leads to the arrest and indictment uh, for this felony offense and, and other felony offenses. Crime Stoppers, 214-373-8477-247. Really, really sad situation. So, is it, you know, is it something where, was it as simple as they were trying to carjack him? They were trying to rob him? Mm-hmm. Is he just out front, out front of his house too late at night in his car? Did he, did he fight him off? I mean, the thing it certainly sounds like is if he was running away, they could have taken his stuff, his car, or whatever. Right. They shot him while he was running away. You know, what is that? That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, right? Is that, is that people that knew him? Is it personal? You, your mind races to a lot of different places. Certainly, if it's a random robbery situation and those guys are willing to shoot a guy running away, that's just the lowest of the low type. I mean, it's yeah. anytime you shoot someone, come on. But that is uh, that is brutal, just absolutely brutal. And apparently, I saw one story that he had uh, recently had a newborn in his life. So very terrible stuff. A guy who went to Dallas Carter High School uh, has played all over the world, and uh, obviously, a lot of Texas Tech fans in the Metroplex remember him really well for what he did in Lubbock, playing for Bobby Knight back then. All right, Sabininskin Show one hundred five three, the fan. As we were. Leaving the air on Friday, wondering what the future held for Antonio Brown. Uh, guys, he weighed in on his future. Did y'all happen to see this? Antonio Brown was letting everybody know what his future is going to be. Uh, this is where he said, hey, 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 I'm through playing for the NFL, so don't even try. I'm deciding I'm done playing. I'm like, man, I don't think you're going to get another shot. Well, here's his words, Ben. I mean, he's been done wrong, so why would you continue to play for this league when they've done you wrong? will not be playing in the at NFL anymore. These owners can cancel deals, do whatever they want at any time. We will see if the at NFL PA hold them accountable. Sad they can just void guarantees anytime going on 40 mil two months. We'll see if they pay up. So he is now blaming the NFL for the 40 million guarantee that's just gone away. Now, remember, it was $30 million guaranteed that went away, which when that happened, 
he bolted out into his backyard celebrating and had to call his grandmother because that was great when that $30 million that was guaranteed was voided. But now that's just uncool that they can do that. So it's kind of hard to figure out the celebration. And then when this other $10 million was not guaranteed anymore, I didn't see. Did he also post a grandma video? Did anybody get to see it on Friday afternoon? Hey, he didn't do that. He didn't, po- he didn't call grandmother and tell him that he's free? I don't think so. Because he's been really done wrong by the Patriots, too. So we shall see if the at NFLPA holds these guys accountable for the contracts that he violated with his own behavior. But once again, mm. let's blame everybody else for not doing what they're supposed to do. He's not ready yet. You, I mean, he's delusional. He's delusional, and and at this point, you just wonder if anything could happen to him where there would be any culpability or responsibility taken. I, I don't know, but I mean, at some point it's going to catch up to him and it's going to hit him and he's going to realize, but I mean, he had it made. He absolutely had it made. His ego got so out of control. And then ultimately, I mean, he could just be a terrible person that's done horrible things to people. That There's that hanging out there. And again, whenever we get into these allegations of sexual assault and these sorts of things, we don't know what really happened. So it's hard to pass judgment. What we can you know, comment on is what is on record is the way that he's treated teammates and teams and those situations and uh, the way he's been difficult to deal with. Um, And then there was that exhaustive SI article that came out last week, which SI reached out to the lady. She did not reach out to them. They reached out to her about what happened. She told them with anonymity. So he decided to text her and threaten her. That oh, was yeah. his response. That his response was not, "Hey, you know that didn't happen. Let's uh, let's get our lawyers together and work this out." His response was to threaten her, which is, yeah, it's always a good move there. Well, he was also owed nine million by the Patriots, and then he went out and tweeted shots at Robert Kraft yesterday. Okay, well, so was that shots at Robert Kraft or shots at the NFL? Because he lumped Maybe. in thirty million that the Raiders didn't pay him was part of that forty mil. When he tweeted that Kraft got caught in the parlor. Okay, <laughs> did he take that down? Because he, he deleted it. Okay, I did not see that. He had deleted it, but it was out there long enough for everyone to see. Okay. He also posted an article of Shannon Sharp, who had a sexual misconduct thing back in 2010. He posted that. So he wanted because to go Sharp Shannon, was killing him Shannon on the Sharp's Twitter. been killing him. Yeah. So, like, he's kind of take, t- taking shots at everyone. I, t- to me, uh, first of all, we, he's got a neurological disorder, I think. <laughs> I think we can all kind of, like, agree with that. And maybe it's, uh, maybe football is, has something to do with it and, and, if in that case, you would feel for him, but like the narcissistic behavior that he has been exhibiting is not anything that you can correct. You either deal with it or you don't. And the Steelers dealt with it for a long time, or dealt with it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oakland was going to deal with it. New England planned on dealing with it until they couldn't anymore. But there's no recovery right here. Like Antonio Brown is not going to be some fixed person. This is who he is now. So let me ask you guys this: We all agree that he can still play. Right? Oh, yeah. Still, yeah. Okay. He might be the best receiver in the NFL this second okay. right now. So if he, you know, it's one thing to go, I'm not playing for these people anymore. They're all doing, they're conspiring to do me wrong. Why would I play for all these people that are doing me wrong? So I look at Dwight Howard's situation. Dwight Howard is going to go play for the Lakers on a completely unguaranteed contract. None of it's guaranteed. Is that the future of Antonio Brown? Like at some point, he's going to want to go play. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. 
But is is the future of Antonio Brown some team takes him on on a completely unguaranteed contract? I think before you can even get to that, he has to grow as a human being. And there has to be some contrition. There has to be some responsibility taken, you know, or no one will take a chance. Mm-hmm. No one will no one will welcome that to their locker room if they if there's not any growth. This is a it's just a wrecking ball at this point. I mean, all this is new. The stuff with the helmet we knew about, the stuff with the frozen feet we knew about. We knew that he was a, a little bit crazy. I don't think stuff anybody he did in Pittsburgh was terrible. I don't think anybody realized how bad it was. I mean, he didn't realize there was sexual harassment. There nope. was all this stuff. This is, I mean, this that's what that's what this is. I mean, because he showed up, he played eight and a half of football. He had fifty yards and a touchdown, right? right. And so everything's fine, and they're like, "Oh wow, this! Uh, wait a second, you put a, a terry cloth over your junk, and you got right behind a lady, and then you well, you didn't give her all the stuff, or you know, you didn't pay her for your artwork. Okay, well, hold on, what the hell's going on with that? Let's the, well, let's the figure Patri- all that about. Let's work that out. And then he starts calling and harassing her. That's what that's why the, that's why the Patriots released but him. But they told her they told him not to, right? And they, so he did, and that's why they released absolutely. him. Absolutely, it, it wasn't about the helmet, it wasn't no. about the feed, it wasn't about who he is in a locker room. It was about that. Yeah, but that is who he is in the locker room. Yeah. See, he constantly defies authority and does whatever he wants to do, and it's hard to have a team like that. But it's different like, if it's it's different if it's I mean, that's different than hey, I'm gonna wear my own helmet. I think that's it, like it's hard for guys who have mothers and sisters and daughters to be around that and say, Hey, uh, let's come be teammates with that guy. No, I, I hear you, man. I think it's different for me and you. I quite frankly don't think it's different for the Patriots. I think the Patriots don't care about that stuff until you're defying Bill. And then once you're defying Bill, then it's like, oh, you've defied the almighty God. I mean, they knew what they were bringing into the locker room, and they did it. And once he openly defied them and what they were doing, and Bill had to go answer questions, then that was too much for them. I don't think think they realized they were bringing a guy that had like sexual deviancy type things hanging over him. Because if so, Brady wouldn't have said, hey, come and live in my house. Uh, That's probably likely true. Uh, although if you look at the history of what they've had in that locker room, I think they'll bring anybody in there until they can't roll with the Patriot way. And if you do roll with it, you end up having a good, successful career and make a lot of money off of it. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you're good with it, the the breaking Antonio Brown news is he has posted that he is re-enrolling at Central Michigan University. God, they're going to let him do that. He's going to finish some classes. Yes. Um, the classes appear to be there's an English class that he's got to finish up here. Um, it looks like there's a MGT. Is that marketing or management? Wow. I would imagine. I that's love a, MGMT. It's a tough moment for you there, KT. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> SOC. SOC is uh, South Oak Cliff. Yep. No, it's uh, what, was that societal issues? Maybe that's what he's enrolling in. And also REL, R-E-L. That Real is sir. going to be. Keeping it REL, dude. Keeping it REL. Pretty good class right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. I'd like to go to the keeping it REL class. I think I could probably learn a lot. I'd be great. We all need to keep it real. All right, it's been in Skin Show. Oh, real One quick, hold on. Okay, skin, everybody, hold on. Kevin's got something. Saquon's out four to six weeks with the sprained right ankle. There you go. Four to six weeks. He has the Xavier Woods high ankle sprain. All right, it's been in Skin Show. 105.3 The Fan. We'll get back into the other NFL games of yesterday coming up in 25 minutes. But before we do that, how about a little classic? We like to call Sham Goes This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.